So, welcome to the Pseudobook Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I'm his brother, Justin. And uh, we're joined here today by a very, very old friend, Benji Robinson. Say hello. Hello. So, Hi. Benji, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. And uh, first, I just want to say that intro music we just heard uh, was by you. Um, yes. By you completely. Um, that's a, a project we'll talk about later that you call Reptile Fiction, which is a really, really awesome name for a project. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, we're excited to uh, have you on the Pseudobook Podcast Revival Edition. And I uh, just want to take one <laughs> second to say that anyone who's listening, we're going to mention a whole bunch of cool stuff that Benji has been up to. And if you want to see links or just follow up on the notes about this, Head to pseudobookpodcast.com slash 004. Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Benji, uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, just sort of give us sort of a, a, you know, your elevator pitch of what you do. Uh, well, I guess I'll just rely on my Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm a videographer and musician, and I really like 80s pop culture. <laughs> cool, uh, cool. So, videographer, uh, tell us about that. How did you get involved in that? How long have you even been doing video production? <laughs> um, I mean, I started probably high school-ish with just messing around, uh, making fake movies with my friends and uh, sort of got into live video production, uh, helping out with like a summer camp, uh, doing that kind of stuff and then, you know, eventually started doing it professionally on my own. So so if I remember correctly, uh, just growing up, your, your family, it was sort of the camcorder generation, our childhoods. Yes. Of like... Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly it was not only possible, but it was cheap to just have VHS tape cameras that you just run around with. So, uh, um, do you want to say anything? I remember uh, just growing up with you, like your mom would videotape like school <laughs> events or or other other birthday party type things, and would and sort of went above and beyond most moms. It wasn't just like now we've got a tape of that. <laughs> it's like. Now there's some production that's going to happen beside right. that. <laughs> yeah. There, um, so she would like manually create these almost music video or highlight videos, I guess you could call it, <laughs> uh, of our cross-country team, which you were on with me. Oh, nice. And um, she would basically, she would have one audio line in, uh, with the music and then a, one video line in from the camcorder going into the VCR and then you know basically she would make her cuts and everything <laughs> manually so. <laughs> so so would you say this was like the genesis of the, the video production in your blood was growing up with these these fun videos <laughs> yeah I would say uh, I and I tell a lot of people that uh, my mom sort of inspired this path uh yeah i get you know just sitting around and like watching her doing it and uh kind of being intrigued by that and then seeing her eventually go into the digital version of that and 
being really frustrated with oh, early, yeah, yeah. early video technology yeah. <laughs> on the computer. Um, but still, is this like, like before, like FireWire was easy to do things. Yeah, with your, yeah. I, I, I can't even remember like what the early programs like Dazzle. were Dazzle. Dazzle, yeah, <laughs> oh, we definitely no. had Dazzle at some point. Pinnacle was the name of another one. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, Vegas, I think. Yeah, Sony owns one. Vegas now. Yeah, I don't know if they always did, but yeah. So, but like, just our. I just remember like computers not being able to handle you know the rendering and stuff and just like right. losing your projects a lot and all the frustration that goes with that, which I'm sure Justin and and you could probably relate to. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think our first was Dazzle. It sounds very familiar. It sounds like something that the church bought to <laughs> do something and it never worked. Um, so aside from video, you also do a lot of music and. It, um, it seems to me like you've been doing music longer or more. Is that would you say, say that's accurate or? Yeah, that's definitely accurate. Um, I started playing drums officially uh, in fourth grade. <laughs> officially, was there a press conference? <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother, my oldest brother Eric, taught me. I like started taking drum lessons. I think my parents paid him like ten bucks a lesson. Every Monday so after school. Can you do all the rudiments, the, the paradiddles yeah. and the paradiddles, the flams, <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And then eventually I got into high school and stopped taking drum lessons because band practice was going to take over my life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eastwood, yeah. right? Uh, no, that was no, uh, that was our rival. I went to Elmwood. <laughs> Elmwood, okay, one yeah. of the Ewoods. Yeah, my <laughs> wife went to Eastwood. Ooh, okay. <laughs> no frenemies. West Side Story. <laughs> 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 um, and I skipped something. I was in a band with Mike. Yeah. in junior high. Of course. Mm-hmm. Don't That's... forget FOM. <laughs> this stuff is mostly not on the internet. Let's let's not let's not make it easier on people <laughs> to find it. <laughs> you can find it. But we it's, won't, it's possible to. Find. We won't put it on the show notes. I have to check on that. Make sure names are scrubbed from the <laughs> the metadata. <laughs> there was. I, I do remember there was a video of some concert you guys played. Maybe it was like a cookout or a birthday party yeah or was it was it at like your one of your siblings house or yeah my brother's uh fourth of july bash and that was with a uh, mutual friend christoph cunningham who didn't know he was going to be mentioned on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> go tag him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, um so there was the you know the formative stuff you're you growing up you're you're you see your mom making videos and also just you're exposed to television and have all these things hitting your face um but then also (laughs) (laughs) the music um so walk us through like leaving high school into what you do now what's what's sort of the what keeps you going in either of these branches and keeps you interested um well in high school and through college i came across a program there's actually a story that kind of predates how i came across this mu- it's a music program that I got into made by MTV <laughs> called Music Generator. The last great thing MTV ever did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but let's let's go back before I discovered this, and let I just want to point out that I had no intention in ever owning a Sony PlayStation. Uh, I am a avid Nintendo gamer, <laughs> <laughs> and um, my parents out of practicality got me the Sony PlayStation because it also played CDs. Ah. Uh, and, and I so really it wanted it. Sony's little gamble. It did. Same thing with the PS2 and DVDs. Yeah. So I I, I did want a Nintendo 64 just because I wanted to play Mario, but uh, it actually ended up being um, a blessing in disguise because I came across Music Generator and got really into... Uh, multi-track recording, which I had no intention of getting into. Yeah, so let's talk about Music Generator. For the audience, if you're not familiar, um, you're probably also not familiar with the analogy I'm going to add, but (laughs) um, (laughs) it's sort of like Mario Paint music mode. (laughs) Oh, okay, I remember this. But done less silly Nintendo sounds and more like actual synthy. Yeah. Um, so tell us about Music Generator. How many like tracks could you have, or sounds, or? It was a 24-track uh, recording software, and with a bunch of samples you could use, um, and like pre-made loops if you wanted to. But I was too good for that, and decided <laughs> to make my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there w- it had its own like MIDI editor. You could like make your own uh, loops if you wanted to, which I did. So how many songs did you make with this program? So I made at least like 3D... 3D. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Another dimension. (laughs) I meant to say three CDs. Uh, So like maybe like 30 or 40 songs. Wow. How does it output... um, Like how do you... Do you record it separately or... I had, so you could save it as a project, and then what I would do was I would, in a route, I would kind of make, create my own way to export it, which was hooking the RCA cables, um, not into the TV, but like going into my, um, how did I do that? (laughs) I guess I had going into my computer somehow, and I recorded Hmm. that way. And then save it as an MP3, and then burn it, or you know, some round of that Saving an MP3 wasn't the last step, and you're like, and now I need to make a CD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> how else am I going to play it in the car while I'm driving to Elmwood? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because this is before iPod and MP3 players and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's kind of. I was just curious. Like they have this big music generating software on a CD but then how do you save it and yeah. get get it out of there it's like well I have to turn on the game and then hit play on my project if you want yeah. to hear well I'm always interested in hearing like the formative tools cause like as like a a, a 30 year old professional like no one would go back and choose MTV Music Generator as like <laughs> your tool for production yeah. now right. but like it's software like that that's accessible and fun is like really like an important genre for getting people when they're young really interested in creative work yeah and you know for some people it's pots and pans and just a microphone to a cassette tape but um sometimes it's this in in our age it's software just as much Mm -hmm. right and i've already see like there's iphone apps and then you've played with a lot of them i'm sure that just like 
make it very touch friendly to generate music and yeah like that's got to be a whole new generation that's like you want me to write sheet music or play a piano like i'm used to right. just scrubbing on my screen and stuff happens yeah yeah i, I wonder just, how many sorry go ahead i was gonna say i wonder how many younger kids like can do music by ear or you know if that's like you know versus the ones that like read sheet music like how many more of those kids are like getting ahead because of these programs Mm -hmm. yeah i just think of all the i used to work at the apple store and it's just a lot of kids coming in all the time playing garage band on the ipad and you know clink 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 but just knowing (laughs) that these they grew up with this just like as a normal part of like oh yeah that's how you make music you just touch this little pad right i'm like it's just beyond us about how we were grew up with it you know i just flash back to uh like guitar center days and like the chaos that goes on <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> they still have commercials like come to guitar center where you can just sit for hours playing guitar and i'm like no yeah <laughs> was well, it for, guitar I mean, s- sorry go ahead. was it always called guitar center yeah i mean there's been they're like the last surviving music chain yeah. that I'm aware of. Okay. Can you think of any others? There was like, like national. I remember Mars, but I yeah, I was going to say Mars. They've been gone for like ten years. Yeah, they've been gone for a while. That's where I got my first drum or my second drum set. It seems like the only other big music companies are just catalogs now. Yeah. Yeah. Sweetwater. Musician's friend. Music one yeah. two three. Musician's <laughs> friend. Yeah right. <laughs> So I guess I mean I love hearing about that because like the version of MT Music Music Generator for me was Cakewalk, yeah, for yeah, PC, yeah, yeah. and that was even less fancy because it didn't have what was then more advanced hardware like a PlayStation behind it. I was just on like a gateway laptop, <laughs> and I would sit and click notes for like hours, ever, yeah. And I, I, you'd only get like sixteen tracks, and it'd still crash if you threw too much at it, but. Just yeah. like you know, this really blunt, kind of crummy tool, but the imagination overcomes it and sort of lets you keep working anyway. It's amazing. Like, I didn't realize... So sometimes I listen to, like, video game soundtracks, you know, just because. Because they're awesome. Uh, and Yeah, because they're awesome. And they're really good for editing sometimes if you just, like, need some mood music. Yeah. Um, and listening to like some of the Super Nintendo sounds and how similar they are to like what you would create on Cakewalk, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. like Mega Man Seven soundtrack for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, give us a little more biography background. So, grew up sort of around the Bowling Green area, sort of. Um, <laughs> but then uh, today, you and uh, your wife, you're living in Columbus, so. What what drew you guys to Columbus? Um, jobs. jobs. We had yeah. I had to. My wife works in public relations, and that's like a. I guess that's some place you have to be. You have to be in a city to do that. Yeah, stuff. probably not Bowling Green. <laughs> probably not Bowling Green. So, um, so I went ahead and got established while she was finishing college, and. Um, you know, started creating a new life here in Columbus and meeting people, and then uh, eventually she joined me. You know, when she finished school. So 
What did you do for college? I went, um, or I, I did multimedia production was my major. Okay. Uh, it had a focus of animation, which I obviously am not doing now. Because <laughs> <laughs> animation <laughs> was really tedious at the time, and it probably still is. But computers just were super slow. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to make a two-minute animation and have to render for a day and a half. <laughs> so, but I'm sure it's a lot different now. And I'm, but it's, I've heard it's a really competitive field um, if you're in it. And I don't know. So I latched on to video um, and kind of pursued that instead. Cool. So, so what sort of, I mean, other than your, your general interest in video, what got you into the freelance um, business and sort of how did that come about and how did you start meeting people who um, would hire you and, and that sort of thing? So I was very much okay with just like um, working for like a company and kind of making things happen that way. I, I really had no aspirations on going out on my own and, and doing freelance. Um, but then, you know, as I moved to Columbus, I met a lot of kind of entre- entrepreneur-minded people and kind of started getting inspired by them uh, to start doing my own thing. So um, I, you know, built a network and kind of saw uh, a need and kind of went for it so um you know people know me as someone that does videos so now you know i just make sure that i'm like i guess first in their mind <laughs> when when that you know when that need comes about is that by showing up at strange hours at their door and saying don't forget me <laughs> don't forget i'm a video guy pick <laughs> me are you uh, are you formally like do you have an llc and everything are you for sure, uh, in that sense, or I am. Um, no, I don't. I'm not LLC. I'm. What's it called? As soon as you said that, it name slipped my mind. Thanks, it's, Justin. It, it's the step. <laughs> the wrong. <laughs> Sole proprietorship is oh, the official yeah, yeah. name. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mind blanked for a second, but yeah. yeah so I'm a sole proprietor of souls. I am. <laughs> Good. Then you don't uh, have to get workman's comp. <laughs> No, I guess I don't get workman's count through For myself. Yourself, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, that's something I've been looking into out here too, with kind of wanting to start post-production kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's really expensive in California, anyways, to start an LLC. Yeah, but I myself, I have like it's it's kind of sole proprietorship, <laughs> but I had to, I had to get insurance for some uh, contract job I had. It's just kind of like liability, but I had to kind of like show that like I don't need to get workman's comp because that's what's like really really expensive because it's like I don't have people working for me like if I get hurt on my editing job it's probably my fault I'm not going to sue myself (laughs) right yeah Um, yeah but I'm just kind of like been curious about that process for people wanting to start their own businesses too yeah LLC is the way to go uh, for all the like the legal stuff especially like if you're going to start hiring people um and that you know that would be the next step eventually, but for now, you know I've only been 
official for a year now doing the sole proprietorship and yeah. I usually I usually collaborate with other people who have their own business as well so we're all mm-hmm. just kind of like our own mm-hmm. liabilities so so talk about that a bit with your collaboration like when when a client comes to you and says we want to do a, a spot or some kind of branding thing um, do they generally come to you with sort of a, a full idea or is that something you work with them on yeah um I've really relied on on the network of people that you know I've built, and I usually get approached, you know, via email or Twitter, <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I, yeah, they basically tell me what what they're looking to do, kind of give me an idea, and then I I kind of help expand on that idea and bring it to life through video. Cool. All right. We just we just watched an episode of um, Parks and Rec with the uh, beauty pageant contest, and now I, I feel like some of these answers I'm giving are like beauty pageant contest <laughs> answers. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm actually still interested in talking more about the music setup. You um, so um, just to be a gearhead for a second. What what do you use when you make your reptile fiction music? I use a program called Logic, which is for the Apple computer, and I use, well, so I, that's what I use to kind of go into or record into. Um, I do sample some things like drums and my voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those are some things that are not software that I, that I use for my music, and then the rest is, um, there's like a lot of synthesizers and things that are built into logic that I um I kind of make my own or um customize to create the this kind of sound that I want for for reptile fiction or or whatever kind of project I'm working on. So take us through like the the life of a reptile fiction song to do you just have like how do you get ideas are usually in the studio or is it more like you're just getting groceries and humming to yourself and you're like ooh better keep that one or yeah so I have it's usually like when I'm doing other things like like you said the groceries um (laughs) I have like a (laughs) I think the most memory that's being used or the the most storage that's being used on my phone is my voice memos that I (laughs) do to myself oh that's cool which I occasionally send to Mike because they're funny sometimes (laughs) But um <laughs> like deep voiced stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll yeah, I'll get an idea for um it's usually just like a like a something I would loop over and over again or some kind of um synthesizer lead that I would play or a bass line and I usually just kind of beatbox style it into my phone. <laughs> so it's almost never like a vocal part that you you're putting no. in. No. Yeah, it's usually like some uh, instrumental melody line that you know that I get in my head, and I'm like, I need to capture that. And so just I, just for the audience' sake, if you know Benji, this isn't like something strange, like him <laughs> using his voice to to make synth or drum sounds or mimicking <laughs> '80s music. <laughs> you wouldn't be yeah. like, oh, I never expected that. Right. Yeah, it's very much, yeah, so anyone who knows me and that's listening to this podcast is probably like, 
yeah, not surprised at all. Big surprise, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but actually, a lot of people in Columbus uh, have not experienced my um, beatboxing skills yet. So I have yet to reveal that about myself. Oh, all right. So have look a, out. <laughs> you have to have an official unveiling. So yeah. as you so you get these ideas in the shower or in the grocery store or whatever, and then uh, you start to build them out and find sounds and tweak them. So what is it like? Like how do you know when you're done with a song or like when you know it's ready for the world or does it ever feel that way? It never no it never really does feel that way. Um, I I know when I'm finished with the idea of the song, but. Um, like when I'm like mixing or mastering it, I since that that's still like a uh, field that I'm not, you know, I I don't feel like I've mastered yet. So I I'm always tweaking that part of it. I feel like I I'm always done with the song itself, and I'm always tweaking the, the, yeah, mix, the mix of the sound. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So sometimes I'll send it to my friends and just see what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of like, yeah, listen to this. Is- well, I was curious about it because, like, for in my experience, it's like that too. It's like you're never done with a song; you just decide to ship it. Yeah. Because you just you, you don't like you could tweak it forever, but you're just like I just have to at some point just say goodbye. Right. <laughs> and let it yeah, go. There, <laughs> there's that old saying where it's like you can't rush art, but it's like well, you have to and you have to stop doing that at some point and let people experience it because then they'll just never hear it so yeah you yeah you just kind of let it go and let it be its thing and then you you then you listen to it over and over again you're like all right this is what i'll do different next time (laughs) yeah well that's actually just a a miyazaki quote i just saw on twitter where he's like i have to get to my next film as fast as possible because as soon as i'm done with the last one i start hating it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like, unless i get to a new project i'm just gonna sit and hate myself so right yeah there's a little bit of that when it comes to my stuff but uh then sometimes i like go back to it and then i like love it like i love all the blemishes and the imperfections mm-hmm. in it so yeah i go back and forth with it you know you strive for perfection but then when you you don't it you don't get that but then it kind of becomes part of the song so then you like it anyway so who are your biggest influences for let's just scope it down to reptile fiction obviously you you probably like a big variety of music but uh when when you make stuff for reptile fiction is it mostly retro influences are there any modern influences um there's definitely there was a mix of both um so the sound and everything I'm going for is a very retro uh, when, you know, like synth pop was, a, you know, popular in the 80s. Uh, so just for the old bands that influenced me, I would say like the Human League, uh, Pet Shop Boys, um, New Order, bands like that. Mm-hmm. A, lo- a lot of people say my music sounds like uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so those bands, um, and as far as like new bands, um, totally blanking, like Crystal Castles, mm-hmm. um, uh, Wild Nothing, but there's a lot of these like new bands that come out and 
kind of cap- capture that 80s like synth pop style mm-hmm. again so those bands kind of inspire me and and then I kind of add a little video game twist to it as well little chip tune twist yeah yep so cool. any any plans for uh, live shows have you done any will you do any I did one last year <laughs> all right <laughs> one last year is that on YouTube um, probably somewhere, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You shouldn't. Is watch there it, like though. a. Is, is Columbus kind of have like a scene for this kind of, you know, style of music? Or like, do you know like other there's, local Columbus people doing this kind of stuff? Yeah, there's a few bands, but I wouldn't say Columbus has a scene for electronic music. Um, yeah. Hmm. At least not a popular one. There's definitely probably a sub scene somewhere, but. Hmm. Um, like even when you like go to a bigger show with like you know more professional bands like Columbus and you know Ohio in general is more of a rock and roll and like country music crowd. Yeah. So you you get a lot of those bands coming through the through town. So a lot um, of metal in Columbus. Um, probably. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Wouldn't know. I don't know any metal heads personally, but uh-huh. I well, I probably know a few, but. Um, yeah, electronic music something that I would like to see more of in Columbus. And there are a few bands doing it that I'm, you know, some of them are my friends. And so maybe it'll be a thing that grows, who knows. Have you ever thought of trying to do like a like a Google Plus live show, like just stream yourself out? I thought about that. Yeah. Um huh. So I wonder if like just electronic music Obviously, being inherently more computer oriented, if right. there's a just a new green field of figuring out interactive live events on the web, there would. I'm sure it's possible. I you know that's there's a whole logistical mm-hmm. thing that I'd have to figure out. But yeah, I'm sure that could be something. Um, and I'm not opposed to doing li- more live shows. I just mm-hmm. I got really busy. <laughs> Um, well, I'd even thought about that for like genetic engines or something like having a really like you do remember like four years ago or so when Radiohead did like a basement live yeah. stream of their themselves like yeah set up mm-hmm. a really great space mic it up really well and cut out the begging people to go to a venue and give someone else six dollars and just like start yeah. trying to create events online. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I, I. I would definitely love to try something like that, you know, in the future. Yeah, I mean, they stream every Coachella show now. It's just like, yeah, and there's an iTunes festival. It'd be cool. I, I really want latency to get so small that I could be in Denver and you could be in Ohio and we could actually play a song in real time. That would be cool. Like, how yeah. many years until that's something that can happen? I don't know. Because I yeah, want that, that very badly. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, yeah. The, there's I've seen some live performances do that, and I don't know how they do it because, like you said, the whole latency latency thing. But there's been like music award shows where it's like, hey, we're in this state, playing along with another person in another state. Really, I've hmm. I've never seen that. Like I don't know if it's real or not. Maybe they just fake it, but yeah, yeah, they make it look like they're in another place and. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works or not. So. Well, hurry up, geeks that make the internet <laughs> happen. 
<laughs> well, you two guys are a good example of at least that direction because you're you just finished doing the soundtrack for Detective 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 remotely from states apart. Yep, you know? I almost forgot to bring that up. So for the audience, uh, Benji was the other half of the soundtrack for Justin's film. So this is one big. A self-promotion episode in regards to that <laughs> but i i'm excited that benji's finally on one of my podcasts so we can pick his brain about that so um sure. benji we we collaborated on a soundtrack we um, did. what was that Fine. like would you do it again <laughs> uh yes i would do many many more of those i had a ton of fun um creating i guess the music that would go behind certain scenes and kind of imagining what those scenes would be like through music so uh that's definitely something i really enjoy and i would definitely do it again sweet any favorite tracks of yours from the soundtrack you would call out or whether they're um, favorite to listen to or favorite to work on or I would. I don't know the song titles. I don't even know the names. Yeah, I'm just gonna say I don't <laughs> even know the names of our songs. I'm, What's your favorite I, song title? If you're looking it up, I'm looking it up right now. But um, I, I I just fell in love with that one that plays at Crystal Lake. I think it's guys want to have a look out here or something. That's a great one to uh, yeah, gentlemen want to take a look out here. Um, interesting you bring that one up, Justin, because I feel like that was. The Benji pretty much completely created that track. I think I might have mixed it. I don't think I contributed anything else to it. Um, and that track sort of, I felt like got a ball rolling of the rest of the soundtrack for us because it kind of just was like, yep, that's that's what we're doing. It yeah. nailed it. I mean, I immediately threw it into our trailers because I was just like, yes, that's just like, yeah. narrow down our sound because I mean like, we had some other mood. stuff and some of it's you know the stuff I had made earlier is still in the film but like after that song happened it just sort of made, brought clarity to me on like the, what the rest of the soundtrack should be yeah. and um, a lot of the same samples go into the other songs and contribute a similar feel yeah I you know it's kind of like a recipe in a way like Justin gave us all this tempo or tempo temporary music uh, for the movie just to kind of inspire ideas for us and I kind of just took a mix of those songs that he gave us and like created that and like like you said that one song kind of helped create the rest of them so we'll link to that <laughs> let's just per- let's just perform it right now wait well, one yes. of my favorite things, and I talked about this on uh, Flipping Tables, just to shout out my other podcast, Self Promotion, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, are you going to shout back to yourself yep, from the other podcast? I'm calling out myself. Um, <laughs> is uh, what I find so also fascinating about that song, uh, that track, I don't know if you would call it a song, um, is the guitar sounds real and the recorder sounds fake. And the reverse is true. <laughs> the recorder is based on an actual recording of, I think it was me, just sort of messing around on a recorder. Right. And the guitar is totally from Logic, just a stock sound. Mm-hmm. I know, we, uh, Juliet and I would listen to all the stuff you'd send us, and I was like, man, they were sitting up like all night long <laughs> playing guitar parts and nailing it. <laughs> I just imagined you had your guitars out the whole time. I don't even play guitar. I think there's there's only one song I'm aware of on the soundtrack that has real guitar. 
and that's the <laughs> Kalubaluk chase, which is called, oh, yeah. called I Can't Chase This Guy and Lead a Blind Man at the Same Time. That's actually my electric guitar, and it sounds good too, but the, the rest yeah. of the guitar also <laughs> sounds real. Yeah. <laughs> it really, like, I, I mean, I haven't been in Logic and studio stuff for a few years, and I just think it's really come a long way then thinking about instruments that are available now, because I'd would have loved to have that you know back when i was making more music they'd be like hey i don't actually have to play it <laughs> <laughs> at least for leads i think when you start playing chords it's just a little right. more like yeah <laughs> yeah chords you have well to anything do. strumming or you the real just, thing you can't really yeah. fake very well yet <laughs> but yeah i mean this this soundtrack definitely inspired me to want to get back in the studio too i want to start making some music again do it I can. I miss it a lot, definitely. Um, so I see on Bandcamp for the Detective, Detective, Detective soundtrack here um, that it's supported by Michael Edwards, and he put favorite track, circle back to it. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, which is a very similar aesthetic to the, the Gentleman Want to Take a Look Out Here song, but it's a little yeah. more uh, Ocean's Eleven-y. Mm-hmm. Right, a little more jazzy casino something happening. That was also yeah. one. Um, at least I contributed a little bit to that song. It wasn't just totally a venue track, but <laughs> <laughs> but also another one that sort of set the template and got the mood going with the, the yeah the fun soundtrack. side of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So my ch- favorite, which I never said yet, was. I'm trying to... Again, I don't know the names of these songs, even though we created them. <laughs> They're mostly um, in movie order. Yeah. Um, Which may not help. <laughs> so it, it's either Love is Stronger Than Witchcraft, or if I don't find a clue, at least I'll find Rabies. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite lines from the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Mike, in one of those two songs, he has this, like... I want to say like Metroid sound to it, so mixed, much, yeah. Mixed with like a circus <laughs> tempo, yeah. And uh, I I want to like la- use that as like a launch pad to make like a whole album of that kind of music. Mr. McD, that's cool. Oh, not that kind of launch pad, <laughs> Mr. McD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it might actually be because that that was originally going to be for the woodsman scene. Spoiler alert! But um, I think the if I'm thinking of the one you're thinking of, that got moved to the boat scene when they're reading the second letter. Yeah, it became so creepy letter. That might be music. three oh, theorists it? thinking thoughts. Okay, but yeah, those all came out of the same batch. So you're very kind for calling out one of the songs I've worked on a bit more. <laughs> that truly is one of my f- favorites. And I actually haven't seen the movie yet, Justin. <laughs> Justin. It's, you it's have a full. link. I'll send you a link. Send it's, me the link, man. <laughs> as long as you can watch it in a theater. <laughs> I'll put some I'll bring, I'll, I it. will bring the link to the theater and ask if I can use <laughs> their theater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So, um... Fun times. Uh, what's next for Benji Robinson? Do you have a Do you have new reptile fiction music coming? Um, any Any cool things you can share with us or under wraps? Yeah, um, I'm always thinking of ideas for reptile fiction songs. Um, I've only done two EPs so far, which you can find um, at Bandcamp, and 
so I might the next thing for Reptile Fiction is probably a full length uh, album sometime it's not even started yet so yeah so Um, when's the release date oh (laughs) exactly would Um, you think that would be all new songs too or would you use some of your EP stuff I would just cycle I had thought about just using old songs but I think I just wanted to do all new songs because as a fan of other people's music I just like it when they just give me new songs. So, <laughs> yeah, I know um, there's some bands who'd be like, "Hey, I got both their EPs, and then the new album is five is of those songs both from of the those. EP." Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. like, even if they record them again, it's still kind of like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like when I was talking about like falling in love with like the blemishes of you know the songs. Like when when artists re-record the song that you already like, you oh, don't I know really, you don't really like the new mix as much. Yeah, it's like all it's just sort of clean and sanitary and smoothed yeah. over. Right. But you're like, where's that one part where that guy coughs or something? <laughs> well, that reminds probably, me because, like, not that. that's very famously what people hate about what George Lucas has done to the old Star Wars is constantly yeah, tinker gosh. with them. And, yeah. like, I was very, very much respect to Spielberg. He did that once with E.T. Mm-hmm. and then said, you know, yeah, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, right. huge mistake. Yeah, I mean, what, what, would, what did he do? He, like, photo, not Photoshop, but, like, edited the guns out of the cops' hands or something? Or Yeah, something wild like that. Like, all right. And he's like, I need to remember that these 30-year-old movies are not mine anymore. Yeah, yeah I love the that's way That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Gosh, we, uh, we just watched the episode four, five, and six again last week, and I had completely forgotten about... Jabba's Palace song <laughs> oh, with <yeah>. CGI <laughs> singers and oh my gosh yeah. it doesn't hold up well it's it's like early 3D graphics you're just like yeah, yeah it looks like you cut out of this very serious dark section of this film series to have mm-hmm. a cartoon dancing and singing to us for like it was just 60 seconds but it felt like an eternity and I'm like yeah. get back to Jabba yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable you totally jar jarred it and then, and then at the end of Return of the Jedi, they have a new song. Yeah, that's not the one I grew up with forever. Oh, yes. the Ewoks. Da, 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 da. The old song is way better. And then, and then the final is that they put Hayden Christensen, Christensen in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like what? The final now. Like, I why, like, is, why is an Obi Wan young then? Like they all yeah. died. It's you and McGregor watch he'll do that he'll put you in McGregor in <laughs> I had this daydream of doing a reptile fiction show starting with that Ewok song and like having all my nieces and nephews awesome. dressed up as Ewoks <laughs> on stage yes. uh, maybe ba, ba, maybe someday that will happen ba, ba, ba. <laughs> it's such a good happy song <laughs> Somehow yeah. after that part of the song, I always end up going to Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, totally. You and can do that. The new ones, it's like some really bad like world music, like yeah. Yeah. children's choir kind of like, uh, you lost the whole tone of it too. You blew yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> that plus another Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Why don't they show like the ghost of the old Death Star at the end of the, the movie? Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My stupid He's like exhaust waiting. ports. 
<laughs> the ghost of the emperor. So I was like, hey, I made it. <laughs> we should write alternate endings. <laughs> Isn't that like some like thing that no one's ever been allowed to see? Was Zach Braff edited a better version of the new trilogy? Did he? That cuts out like all the crap and just focuses on the whatever. Uh, Topher Grace. Oh, it was Topher Grace. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're like and in the same category. A couple, of he's white done guy. it to a few movies. Like, I think he did the first movies, and then he went back and did the. Uh, prequel movies whatever yeah but he, he um, can't legally show it to no anyone. he can't publish them or anything he just had private screenings but he just made like epic episode one two and three as one movie that actually just makes sense and like flows oh. and that like would two, be two and a half hours cuts out all that extra stuff man I've, I've never checked the illegal torrent type sources if, if that's ever squeaked out because I would love to see that yeah, yeah. Somebody snuck their camera in, which... <laughs> I imagine yeah. he doesn't want to get sued, but... That's how I saw I Am Legend, and it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> you saw I Am Legend from a camera? From a pirated, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's already a movie yeah. where they, they ruined it with the, the worse ending than the director's cut. Right. Yeah, that's right. It completely changed the whole meaning of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Blade Runner. Yeah. That movie was getting awesome, and then it just, like, took a turn, and I just don't know what happened after. <laughs> I liked where it was going, but then it ended really bad. But I don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't want Not on my time. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so anyway, other projects. I really want to do, like, an 8-bit album. Um, like, full-on, true-to-the-hardware kind of yeah. tune? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and you know maybe maybe Mike will join me on that adventure. I, I think it's a great idea because the the limitations are really helpful to me. I've talked about that even just about the detective soundtrack of having a genre chosen. Like, put me in a cartridge. <laughs> well, that's what as I was reading about eight bit music, it's just like mind blowing what they did with because Nintendo you only get four tracks, right? And so like. If you want kick, snare, bass, and melody, then that's like the basics. But then there's sound effects in the game, too. Mm-hmm. And so the music has to drop out for those sound effects. Yep. But they had really, really creative ways of getting around that and making it sound like there's more than four tracks because like, the bass and the kick would just be offset very slightly in time mm-hmm. so that they were one track or counted yep. as one channel and just lots of things like that we don't have to... We don't have to do if we make right. 8-bit music now. But My first attempt at making like an 8-bit sounding song, like it just sounded so... It didn't sound right because I was like... It was too like perfect because I could like it was have too more easy. than four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like using 16 tracks to make what should have been made with four tracks. And they like simulate mm-hmm. reverb with delayed notes and mm-hmm. like lots of pitch shifting really fast in different directions to make things yeah. sound different. Just Amazing. Yeah, definitely a science to it. That the I more I learn, explore. the more I'm like, oh, I have zero skills to do this. <laughs> I need to learn. Yeah, so that would be something down the road I would like to do. Um, I would definitely love to do more movie soundtracks because I really enjoyed Detective, Detective, Detective. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, we'll link to the soundtrack. Right and any film producers who check that out, you should hire Benji. And, and Michael work. Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they win awards. I, I hope to do that. I hope to. I really want to work with like some game developer and do like a video game soundtrack and have like my music in someone's mm-hmm. video game. That would be. That's like a big dream right there for me. Hey, I want to make a video game. You can do it for that. Yes. I have like three really simple ideas that I have no idea what I would do, but I know it's the <laughs> you, you don't want to say them on the podcast because someone will steal them. No, not right now. But, uh, we can talk, we'll talk after, after we cut off the recording. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a sub-podcast. Yeah. So we're coming up close to an hour now, and uh, Benji, so excited we had this chance to sort of pick your brain on all your stuff, all your your creative work. Um, yeah. Thanks well, for having we'll, me. Yeah, we'll have links in the show notes for anyone who wants to check out a Render Arcade, his video video and music production services, and mm-hmm. Reptile Fiction, his uh, pet project of 80s music, and uh, the Detective soundtrack, and also um, some other stuff we mentioned, like the MTV Music Generator. Um, if you'd like to check out the show notes, head to pseudobookpodcast.com slash 004. And uh, sort of to round out the ending, I want to get in a good habit of this. Um, Benji, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, really easy. Um, you can find me on Twitter under Benji Robinson, uh, just my name. Easy enough. Yep. And you can find my, I guess, my video stuff uh, at renderarcade.com. And that's probably enough things. Oh, my band, Reptile Fiction, is uh, reptilefiction.bandcamp.com. Yeah, got to promote that. Awesome. We'll make sure those are in the notes. Justin, where can people find you on the internet? I am pseudo Justin at Twitter, uh, Facebook, on uh, my website.com. That's me. Awesome. And me, I'm at PseudoMichael. Well, not on Twitter. I'm PseudoMichael.com, but I've yet to snag that Twitter account. <laughs> so on, that. on Twitter, I'm M. Edwards Music. M- I can never say it because I hate not having Med- PseudoMichael. Medwards Music. Yeah. Medwards Music. Um, you can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for another great PseudoBook episode. And we'll thanks, see Benji. You. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Benji. Very cool. Thanks, PseudoBook Podcast. <laughs> And awesome. that'll do it. <laughs> that's how, that's how it talks. Odo's bucket. <laughs> we need to. <laughs> weird dads. We need to revive uh, Scroll Wheel and Corn Dog. <laughs> no, I thought about coming on as Corn Dog one. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. All right. All right. Thanks.